0: Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. This must be one of the most frustrating and even heartbreaking anniversaries in memory. Ten years ago, the so-called Arab Spring erupted in Tunisia and soon spread eastward, challenging entrenched regimes and bringing new or naïve hopes to suppressed populations. But nowhere have these hopes been dashed more cruelly than in Syria. With millions killed, wounded, displaced or exiled, the Assad regime clinging to power by whatever means at its disposal and Russians, Iranians, Turks, Kurds and Israelis fighting for their interests in various regions of the war-torn country. What are the prospects for finally bringing peace, power, sharing and stability to Syria? Joining us from Washington, D.C. in the United States is Dr. Michael Duran, who is a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute at Washington, D.C. and a former White House advisor on the Middle East. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Also joining us from Central Israel's is Brigadier General in Reserve, Yossi Kupel who is a Project Director on Middle East Developments at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs. Thank you for joining us as well. Thank you. My pleasure. And with me in the studio is our TV7 analyst and host of uh, Watchmen Talk, Mr. Amir Oren. Give us a, a, a short analysis. Where are things currently standing in Syria with regard to the raging conflict there, of course, it's uh, subsided uh, in certain parts of the the country, but of course is still uh, very much ongoing in others.
0: Well, as a good Israeli, hopefully, I'll answer your question with a question of mine. Does the world really care to be brutally frank about it? Who cares about Syria nowadays? Except, of course, uh, for the suffering uh, millions um, who uh, are trying to eke out the living um, among all of the problems they have, including U.S. Uh, sanctions on, on fuel during this uh, uh, harsh winter with uh, uh, COVID-19 and uh, uh, bombing uh, by uh, Russians and uh, Turks. And you didn't uh, even mention the Americans Uh, among the various uh, forces there as um, uh, former President Trump decided to leave Syria even though uh, his officials managed to delay the uh, final uh, exit of of, uh, all of the uh, forces and um, as we are speaking now, there are still uh, pro forma attempts to get some uh, constitutional compromise uh, or perhaps to perhaps uh, uh, the Russian-led uh, uh, effort and the American or UN-led effort uh, which uh, are yet uh, to converge. So as we look uh, at the uh, third decade of Bashar Assad's rule, which started uh, in the summer of the year 2000 now in its 21st uh, year, and as the 11th uh, year of uh, this uh, conflict uh, looms it started in march of uh, 2011 uh, you may remember that the defense that defense minister barak when he appeared in the knesset said at the time that bashar assad's days are numbered so we know uh, what the number is it's uh, 3600 Uh, days and counting and uh, the forecast is very gloomy unless uh, Michael and Yossi tell us otherwise
1: indeed and and the question uh, actually persists Does the Assad regime actually rule Syria considering the fact that we see at at this stage? uh, Russians uh, taking uh, the lead on on various projects we see the Iranians demanding uh, the Assad regime pay back uh, much of its uh, 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 expenses, uh, if you will. Uh, Dr. Duran, where, where are things currently standing on that front? Uh, is there a Syria which we knew before the 2011 uh, uprising?
2: No, uh, certainly not. Uh, that that Syria is gone, and I, and I think you just described the Syria that we now have. We have the shell um, of the former state, and it's backed up by the, the Russians and the Iranians. Um, and without their without their forces and, and their help and uh, their financial help, um, the, the Assad regime um, uh, probably wouldn't even exist. Um, and from my point of view, I'm sitting here in, in, in Washington, D.C., I think the the biggest change that we're going to see um, uh, in the near future is the shift in policy uh, from the Trump administration to the Biden administration. Um, when, when I worked in the White House, I, I, I learned something. Uh, um, I, I, I learned a, a lesson that I think has stood me in good stead when trying to understand American policy towards Syria, and that is that the United States never really has a Syria policy. Uh, what the United States does in Syria is always an extension of their policy toward other, um, uh, toward other actors, and in particular, Iran. Um, And so we're going to see a big shift on the part of the uh, Biden administration uh, back in the direction of the Obama policy toward Iran, that is, engagement of Iran looking for a deal on the nuclear uh, on the nuclear program. And I ex- and I suspect that that's going to lead to a real tendency on the part of the of the Biden team uh, to, to engage with Iran more in, in in Syria now how far they'll be able to go with that I, I, I don't know uh, back in the days of Obama um, Obama treated uh, treated Syria as totally a subset of his Iran engagement policy under Trump uh, Trump sub- has now been strongly supportive of the um, uh, of Israeli action against Iran in Syria, and in addition, uh, they put massive sanctions on the regime that have been very crippling financially for the, uh, for the Assad regime. I think the thing that we really want to watch uh, is uh, the extent to which the, the Biden team is going to want to use Syria as an opportunity to come to an accommodation with Iran. And that, that's something that personally uh, I don't think is in the interest of the United States or Israel, but that's the dynamic to watch.
1: Indeed, General Cooper your take on this, and to what degree uh, do we need to read between the lines when uh, we see Russian uh, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov coming earlier this week, uh, and uh, signaling directly to the Israeli leadership in Jerusalem, uh, saying, uh, please do not attack again if you do uh, experience uh, certain concerns. Uh, You have intelligence about threats. Also, with regard to the Iranians, even though he didn't name the Iranians by name, uh, let us know, and we will neutralize that threat. Do we see here some new development on the Russian side with regard to this? And how would you uh, consider Israel uh, to respond to such a, a move by the Russians?
3: I think that uh, there is an expectation of greater uh, room to maneuver for the Iranians in in uh, Syria in the coming period, Uh, basically because of the incoming uh, administration in Washington that wants to go back to the JCPOA, the uh, nuclear agreement with Iran, and uh, this included also giving the Iranians enough money and other resources that that they will enable them to have more uh, better grip over over Syria. They did it back in 2015, and uh, they may have the same uh, situation now. Some lessons have been learned uh, during those years, and uh, I hope that the new administration will be more cautious on that, but it doesn't seem so. uh, Until now, they they, uh, repeatedly say that what they want to do is to uh, go back to the agreement, and the agreement means lifting the sanctions, and the agreement means that the Iranians are going to have more uh, resources and more money to, to finance their activities there. And this is uh, extremely dangerous from an Israeli point of view. Israel was trying to uh, take advantage of the Trump administration uh, being in power, you know, to uh, take action in order to prevent Iran from having this uh, presence in in Syria. Uh, And in the last few days, there are many reports about more and more attacks that are being conducted just to take advantage of the last few minutes and to to clear the list of targets uh, before the uh, administration changes. Uh, but uh, definitely the Russians as well believe that they have now an opportunity to better uh, guard their protégés and uh, the, their proxies, and they are going to do that. And this message coming from Lavrov is in the same context. I think that uh, that Israel will face here a challenge, and uh, it is necessary for Israel to uh, clarify to everybody that Israel, even if it's going to be under Biden, is not going to accept uh, the uh, uh, strengthening of Iran in Syria. It's a vital interest of Israel to make sure that Iran is not uh, enjoying uh, better conditions in Syria. Uh, and uh, I'm also afraid, uh, so I was for many years, that uh, the Iranians take advantage of Syria's Syrian territory in order to promote the nuclear project as well on certain issues that they can uh, move forward in, in, uh, in Syria. So it's very important that Israel will be able to present to the Americans. What is the meaning of Iranian presence in in Syria and why it should be taken care of uh, very rapidly and very decisively? That is uh, where we stand, I think, in in, in this respect. The Russians, as long as we had the clear clear green light from the Americans to conduct this, uh, to go on with this policy throughout the last four years, uh, had to live with it. Now I think they believe that they may have, uh, promote some changes uh I hope they're wrong, but I'm afraid they might be a little bit right in the in the context of the American you know,
1: policy. Concerns uh, that should be taken uh, into account. Uh, Mr. Owen, of course uh, uh, the Assad regime continues to to uh, battle uh, various uh, uh, groups within Syria, including uh, uh, in the north uh, Western. Uh, province, uh, where Idlib uh, where uh, there are various uh, Jihadist organizations present. Uh, of course, uh, a uh, influx of refugees coming from that uh, uh, Jihadist-infested uh, territory may also pose a threat to Turkey, which is also actively uh, combating uh, uh, with the Assad regime. But there, there seem to be various signals coming out of Damascus and also Ankara with regard to try and, and uh, limit the uh, the, the Iranian uh, presence in Syria, because also in, in Damascus, they understand that the Iranian presence there might not be in their best interest, even though it is uh, uh, a fact that the Iranians kept the Assad regime uh, in uh, power because of the boots on the ground. Uh, many uh, various militias uh, from uh, the Lebanese Hezbollah to other uh, organizations that uh Uh, Acquiesced to the call of the Iranians to go and support the Assad regime, but it seems that now more and more actors are trying to uh, uh, I wouldn't say exploit the last day of of the Trump administration, but uh, are trying to uh, bring a certain change on the reality on the ground and see this transition uh, of power into the Biden administration actually uh, build a certain momentum in which uh, they would be able to secure their own interests to a certain degree. H- how do you see that shift occurring?
0: Well, the Biden uh, team, uh, as well as the other members of the old Obama administration, went out of office in January of 2017. And that was uh, uh, another Middle East. It is not the same as it is today, and obviously it is not the same Middle East uh, uh, which we had six years ago when the JCPOA was negotiated. And um, one is concerned that the formative years of um, the top echelon of the Biden administration, um, Secretary of State uh, nominee uh, Blinken, and uh, uh, National Security Advisor Sullivan, uh, and others, and especially the uh, Secretary of Defense uh, designate uh, General Austin, they have all uh, been trained on the Middle East when Daesh was supreme. And this was the main challenge at the time, and one reason why the United States uh, saw Iran as an ally against uh, Daesh. Uh, Regardless of the other problems the United States had and still has with Iran, vis-a-vis the Islamic State, Iran and um, the United States were in cahoots. Now uh, it is no longer so, and and one hopes that uh, uh, it has been uh, erased from uh, memory by these officials. And by the way, Israelis um, in the defense realm who have known uh, known, uh, General Lloyd Austin when he was uh, the uh, commanding general at uh, CENTCOM, uh, were not impressed by um, uh, the the way he saw problems and uh, foresaw uh, these problems. They were, of course, much more impressed with General Mattis, uh, who was his predecessor uh, at CENTCOM and was replaced by the... Obama administration uh, with uh, General Austin. So it remains uh, to be seen um, whether the new team uh, will get used to the idea that this is 2021, that uh, this is not the Middle East, Middle East of old and that it will first of all give Israel a free hand in pursuing what started indeed four years ago in January of 2017, when General Gadi Isaac got brought to the Israeli cabinet the idea of attacking the Quds Force um, positions in uh, Syria, um, a very, very successful uh, campaign. It did not push Iran and its proxies completely out of Syria. This is perhaps uh, not uh, uh, a practical uh, mission to give the Israeli Defense Forces and intelligence community, but it has pushed the Iranians and uh, their proxies away from the Golan Heights front. Of course, there are other problems there, Hezbollah, and what is uh, called the Golan file uh, with the uh, Syrian uh, Defense Forces. Uh, So Israel, uh, first of all, is interested in what happens near its uh, boundary, but also what happens near the Syrian Jordanian border because of its defense cooperation uh, with uh, Jordan, the, the Tanef uh, circle, Tanef uh, enclave. So there's a lot on the plate of the new administration. And um there should be a consultation with Israel before it's formally its uh,
1: policy is formalized. Dr. Duran, you served under the George W. Bush administration as uh, you, uh, you also mentioned that uh, the uh, director on the Middle East uh, within the National Security Council, among other uh, various uh, jobs that you uh, uh, assumed and and uh, uh, worked on, how, from your own experience how do you see the the current administration uh under uh president joe biden coming in and and trying to uh shift or or change the reality on the ground in syria at a time when uh, expected relations with turkey for instance are not uh Uh, really projected to be that great uh, at a time when uh, it is more inclined to probably reach uh, 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 JCPOA plus uh, or JCPOA plus plus, uh, depending on who you ask. Uh, with regard to the Iranians, uh, when uh, Turkey and Iran are no longer best friends following the Azerbaijan affair, uh, where uh, uh, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan read the poem, and then it uh, triggered various uh, backlash from Iran that uh, then, of course, uh, uh, triggered mixed feelings from Turkey as well. And uh, you see a a dynamic within a dynamic of of various uh, uh, developing stories uh, that ultimately may challenge the Biden administration with all of its experience uh, uh, in the past several years uh, within a new reality.
2: Um, Yes. uh, Let me tell you... uh what I think is gonna happen um, uh, on the basis of the worldview of the Biden uh, team. Um, I I hope I'm wrong, but um, I basically want to reinforce everything that uh, my colleagues here have uh, just said. Um, The Biden administration is gonna come in and it's going to have a a kind of picture of the globe um, that doesn't augur well for Israeli attempts to go after Iran and Syria. The, the big picture they have is that the greatest threat to the United States is the rise of China. Uh, and they're gonna have the strong sense in the military uh, that it's, it's necessary to cut back resources in the Middle East in order to focus on the China threat. Um, and, the, and the answer that they have about how to cut back resources is to cut a deal, a power political agreement with the Russians and the Iranians. Um, there's a strong bias in the Biden administration against Turkey. Um, the some of the senior officials, like Brett McGurk, who's going to be the top Middle East advisor for Biden in the White House, is the architect of the uh, um, of the u s. relationship with the YPG, which is the single most uh, uh, important factor in the deterioration of relations between Turkey um, uh, and the and, and the United States. So, an alternative w- viewpoint about how to uh, rebalance American um, commitments in the, uh, in the globe would be to focus on Turkey and Israel to try to um, to, uh, to try to um, broker a rapprochement between Jerusalem and Ankara, uh, and to start the discussion, the strategic discussion with the Turks and the Israelis about the common interests that they have in Syria. The, the, Biden, uh, the, Biden, the expected Biden tilt toward um, Iran is of concern to Erdogan and the, the Turkish national security establishment um, in general. Turkey doesn't have the same hostility to Iran that Israel does, uh, but Turkey likes its Iran uh, compliant and weak. It doesn't want an Iran that is, uh, that is in the ascendant. Um, and that's what's going to happen, given the worldview. That's likely what will happen, given the worldview of the, the Biden administration. Um, and as you mentioned, that poem uh, that, uh, that Erdogan read in Baku, it was a very beautiful poem. Uh, uh, and it brought home, uh, I think, uh, uh, to a lot of people, the shared interests that the Turks Um, and the Israelis have with respect to Iran, and especially with respect to to Azerbaijan. The Azerbaijan question is another one where I think you could find um, room for a strategic dialogue between, um, between Israel and Turkey. But I don't expect that at all. I expect the worldview of the Biden team to be focused on coming to an agreement with Russia and Iran, and Israeli operations in Syria are going to be regarded by the Biden team as counterproductive. They are going to be seen as an impediment to the agreement that the Americans need to uh, um, need to come to with the Russians and the um, uh, and the Iranians. Um, uh, it, far be it for me to tell the Israelis what to do with regard to operations, but I don't think, uh, given the worldview, how entrenched those views are um, in the Biden team, I don't think that um, dis- that argument with the, with the Biden team is going to change minds. I think that the Israelis have to carry out, continue to carry out operations against the Iranians, um, even under pressure from, uh, from Washington. And they need to insist that the, it's an American interest, and it is a, an American interest, that, um, that Syria never become Indeed. a kind of second Bekaa Valley that threatens American allies from all the territory of Syria
1: and uh i'd like to follow up on this uh question uh to you uh, general Kupil-Vassar, as we don't have very much time left for today's program but uh to what degree is israel resolved to deal with the iranian threat uh in syria Uh, regardless of the position of the Biden administration in Washington. And beyond that, now that uh, Israel has been uh, shifted uh, from uh, being part of uh, Eurocom uh, and uh, now uh, uh, being brought into uh, central command uh, with regard to the area of operations of the United States, uh, uh, much more close within the framework of its uh, newly acquired allies or partners in the region. uh, Do you see a certain uh, emboldening of Israeli operations against uh, uh, the Iranians uh, with regard to thwarting its uh, uh, aspiration to entrench militarily in various areas of strategic importance?
3: Well, First of all, I think that uh, the... uh the degree to which we uh, are committed to prevent Iran from turning uh, Syria into an Iran uh, near our borders uh, is very high. And, uh, that said, it's not the only thing that we have as a high priority on our, uh, on our list. It's, uh, we also very much uh, want to see that Iran doesn't make progress on its uh, program to have a big arsenal of nuclear weapons, as they are promised in the uh, JCPOA, actually. So it's, uh, we have a long list of issues that we have to uh, take care of vis-a-vis Iran, and all of those we have the same opinion of the, uh, we are in the same opinion like our uh, new uh, friends in the, in the Gulf. Uh, and the, the fact that we are now in uh, CENTCOM and not in Newcom is very important in enabling us to have better coordination with them, with American blessing. The question that is uh, now uh, appearing is uh, whether we are going to have a blessing. And uh, I think that uh, Dr. Duran uh, was uh, very much on the point that uh, we don't, we hope so, we are afraid that it's not going to happen. That's, uh, that's by, by judging the names that are on the new team uh, and uh, knowing where they stood on the, on the issue of the JCPOA at the time. Uh, yes, something has changed, I think Amir is correct in saying that something has changed. You don't have in Syria the same problem of uh, ISIS as we used to have in the past. They are still there, they're still uh, capable of making a lot of uh, damage, but they are not in the same position, they don't control territory. Uh, and uh, this is not the same kind of reason for uh, the United States to be friends with Iran and cooperate with Iran, but nevertheless, the commitment to deal with the nuclear problems through the JCPOA. Is something that uh, has its impact all over the place. And for us, it's a it's critical issue, because it's, uh, the Iranians are all over Syria, including in the Golden Heights, So, it's, uh, even if they're not uh, personally there, they have the Hezbollah and the, the Syrian forces that are operating under their command in, in the Golan Heights. And it's beyond just that. They are bringing all kinds of weapons through Syria to uh, Hezbollah. They are bringing weapons for themselves in Syria to threaten us. And as I said, I wouldn't rule out the possibility they use Syrian uh, soil for the nuclear project as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, we, we have to make sure that uh, Iran doesn't control Syria. And I agree with uh, Dr. Duran that we have to be clear on that with the new administration, not only in arguing and explaining, but we have to do that too, uh, but also in, in our deeds. Uh, we should uh, be able to, to continue with our activities. And uh, we should be uh, trying to, uh, com- to explain to the Americans that this is also in the benefit of the United States and of the United States allies in the region. And That's why uh, this is the position we expect the United States to, to adopt. Whether they are going to do it or not, uh, I think we're in a very critical time in uh, shaping the policy of this new administration. Mm-hmm. One thing is clear, Syria is not going to be the number one issue for the Americans even in the new situation. uh, There are so so many other issues on the plate that uh, I don't expect a Syrian policy even now. Syrian policy will be uh, deducted from the Iran policy and from the regional policy in the Middle East.
1: And we will have to engage on those topics uh, in uh, next uh, programs. But this is all the time that we have for today. So I'd like to thank uh, General Kupervassir, Dr. Duran, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's program. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time.